Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Chris Ria. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you this morning. I've got to start this message off this morning with a confession, okay? I've got to confess something to you guys. I'm hoping this is a safe place, non-judgmental place where I can just get something off of my chest. Is that okay? Are you willing to be that place? Okay. It's tough to share. You know, I got my parents in the room. My in-laws, my grandparents are in the room, good friends and family, but I feel like I have to, have to get this off my chest anyway. You ready? Yeah. I, Chris Rhea, <laughs> cannot cook a fried egg. I can't do it. And it's very tough for me to admit that. And I'll tell you why. Because... I'm an Italian-American, right? And in our culture, everybody can cook, okay? If you're Italian, everybody cooks. Men, women, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody can cook. And we kind of pride ourselves in being able to cook good food. I mean, it's all about the food when you get together, always. And so not being able to cook a fried egg was very embarrassing for me for many years. Many, many years. In fact, some of you are judging me for it right now. I can sense it. I can feel it. But that's okay. I'm not too proud to admit it. And it's hard because, you know, my grandparents can cook fried eggs. They can cook well. My parents are fantastic cooks. My wife's a fantastic cook. My mother-in-law's a fantastic cook. My father-in-law... Well, he's got other gifts, right? He's got other gifts. But it just was something I've always struggled with, and it bothered me because I can cook other meals. I can cook tasty food, and I love to cook. But this fried egg, for some reason, I just couldn't get it done, no matter how hard I practiced. So what I did was, a few months back, I went to my Facebook community, my Facebook friends, maybe some of you have seen this on Facebook, where I went to the community and I showed a video of my attempt to cook a fried egg. Let's watch this together. Let's see if this works. All right, I think it's time. Moment of truth. Nope. See this? Botched. Botched again. So I, sh- I posted that on Facebook, and the Facebook community came to my aid. I mean, 82 comments from my Facebook friends on what I was doing wrong, pointing out every flaw in, in my cooking process, but giving me tips on how to cook a fried egg better. 82 comments. You know, I'll post scriptures and encouraging blogs, marriage tips, and I get a couple likes from a few of you, you know, here and there, and a comment here and there. But when it comes to me botching a fried egg, 82 comments. Thank you. We get it. 
So then I took this advice from the community on Facebook, read all of those comments, got some new pans, got a new spatula, worked on my technique, and I want to show you my progress real quick. All right, part two, cooking my egg, taking everybody's advice, new pan, hot oil, let's see if I can get it done. Okay. Maybe you could have let the pan heat up just a little bit more. But this is a new nonstick pan. Got the oil in there. Looks like the egg's moving around just nice. Oh yeah, totally different than the last experience. The pan, I think, was a big part of the problem. I also got my new spatula that someone recommended, plastic one. I'm gonna let it cook all the way through. I might even be able to just like flip it without even using a spatula. I wonder if I should try that. Look at that. How nice that is right there. Alright, time for the flip. Uh-oh! Someone learned how to cook a fried egg. Thank you to my Facebook friends. Over medium, perfectly done. So, thank you to my Facebook community for teaching me the error of my ways. And I was thinking about it. Where would I be without that community in my corner? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'd be eating scrambled eggs. It may be an omelet, but sometimes you just want that toast to dip into that yolk. You know what I mean? You just need a good fried egg every once in a while. So I'm thankful for a community that rallied behind me when I got vulnerable and admitted a mistake and came to my rescue. Thank you very much for doing that. Some of you were a part of that. But in all honesty, community is an important part of life. It's what makes worth living. Getting together with people, supporting one another, being there for each other, having fun together, laughing together. That's what makes life worth living. We're in a series called In It Together. And this is the whole point of the church, is to rally around a mission and be in it together and do life together. And everywhere you look, you see communities of people. Everybody's talking about community. You look at commercials, they're pushing groups of people, having fun, hanging out together because community is so important. Whether it's bowling or a Bible study or the newest phenomenon taking the world by storm, pickleball. Whatever it might be, Rallying together is important. And there's nothing more powerful than when a community of people gets behind a shared vision and go after something together and do life together. There's a term flying around right now. It's called relational poverty. I don't know if you've heard this term, but relational poverty refers to being poor 
in community. It's lacking a support system. And anyone can be experience relational poverty at different points of their life. And I think as digital communication grows and personal communication gets less and less, these are, there's several reasons why we lack strong community with each other. There's a lot of reasons. I mean, the work from home model is one of them. It's great, it's convenient, but it also separates us in a lot of ways from people and doing life and catching up and having relationships. Plus, everyone I talk to just seems like they have a heavy workload right now between work and marriage and family and the kids and everything going on. It just seems like there's not enough time in the day to really cultivate good, strong, healthy friendships and relationships. The rise of social media is another reason why I believe we are experiencing a little bit of relational poverty. Not that I'm against social media. I'd be eating scrambled eggs if it wasn't for social media, so I'm a fan. But if that's all your community, you're gonna be angry most of the time and not experience true, good community and fun. So what I wanna do this morning is I wanna show you in scripture how God's plan for community is all throughout the entire Bible. From the beginning to the end, he is the author of community and wants us to live in relationship with him and each other. Way back in Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth and he was creating things and every time he made something, he said, wow, this is good. But then he came to man and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created Eve. And it was from that moment that he wanted us to live in relationship with him and with other people. Then you have the Jewish nation in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel. That was God's chosen people. He loved to lead that group of people. He used people and he would speak to prophets and he wanted relationship with a group of people. In fact, he says this in Exodus 19, five through six. The word of God says, now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God had a plan for this people, and he wanted to bless them. And this group of people had a lot of life experience together. They, they wandered around in the desert together. They served God together. They obeyed God together. They disobeyed God together. They repented together. They went through ups, and they went through downs, but they lived in community in fact, God gave the, this people group the Ten Commandments. And most of those all have to do with living at peace with one another and having great community together. And he was setting them up. He was saying, this is what it's all about, relationship. This is why I created you, to have relationship with me and to enjoy relationship with each other. Eventually, that 
nation got to the promised land together, built a temple to God together. They experienced great highs and some great lows. Then you move forward to the New Testament and you have the Jerusalem church. In Acts chapter two, once Jesus ascends to heaven, he tells a group of people, his disciples, go and wait. I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 2, 1 and 4, it says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They had this encounter with God together. Can you imagine being a part of that experience? Like Jesus ascends to heaven, he tells them right before he leaves, go and meet together on this day, something awesome's gonna happen. You imagine just being in that room? I wonder when it's gonna happen. What if it doesn't happen? Are we sure it's gonna happen? What's it gonna look like? Is the world gonna end? What's it gonna feel like? I can just imagine the anticipation in that room and that experience that they had together when the Holy Spirit came and they encountered God together. I can just imagine them looking around and going, did that just happen? Because that was amazing. And that's community. Everyone together, unified on the same page with purpose experiencing God together. You know, when you experience something with someone else, it bonds you. It really does. Experiences bond us. I'll never forget back in 1989. Okay, 1989 is when the Magnum XL200 came out at Cedar Point. Anyone remember that? All right. I was nine years old. And this was a big year for me. The Magnum actually came out May 6th, 1989 on my birthday. And this was a big year for me because this was the first year I was tall enough to go on roller coasters. And it's a little embarrassing to admit, but it was the first year. And I remember my dad and I went in the basement and he had the perfect height stick, the same one that Cedar Point uses. And he measured me and he's like, you can do it this year. You can do it. Do you want to do it? I said, yeah, I want to do it. My brother wouldn't do it, but I wanted to do it. And so we got to Cedar Point. We went sometime in June, and I remember getting in line. I can remember, it's burned in my memory. I remember getting in line, and the guy at the front of the line looked at my dad like, are you sure? This is the Magnum XL 200, the fastest, the steepest, the tallest roller coaster in the world at the time. He's barely tall enough to go. Are you sure you want to put, put him on this ride? And he looked at me. You remember this? He looked at me and says, do you want to do it? I said, yeah, I want to do it. Then you're in line for like two hours and the anticipation is building and building and building and building. And then we got on the roller coaster and I'll never forget, he leaned over and he put his, his finger on my pulse. He wanted to make sure I was okay. My heart was beating out of my chest. And then you go up and up. And up. I don't know if you remember this, but it took 90 seconds, I think, to get to the top of that first hill. You're just, 
I was flipping out. (laughs) But then you go down that first hill and then up another one and down and around. And I remember by the end of that roller coaster, me and him were just looking at each other speechless, but we both knew we just experienced something incredible together. That's the power of an experience. Like, you can't just talk to someone about that. You can't just say, hey, the Magnum XLs, you know, 200 is awesome. 2000, whatever it's called. The Magnum's awesome. You have to experience it to know, right? And there's something so powerful when we experience, we have life experiences and we build memories together. And when you have an experience with God together, It's more powerful than anything else on the planet. That's what makes the church so special, so unique, and so powerful. And God designed it that way. I love the Acts 2 church. This is what Pastor Tony's dream has always been, and Pastor Teresa's dream is to build an Acts 242 church. He's been preaching that since day one, where everyone is together. Everyone's in one accord. Everyone's meeting together, learning, growing together, experiencing God together, giving to one another, meeting the needs of people, making an impact in the world together. And that's what they had in the book of Acts. I love Acts 2, 32. It says this, all the believers, how many? All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. They ate together. They broke bread in their homes. They prayed. They worshiped. They talked about the word of God together. And what's incredible in verse 47, the Bible says, and the community began to grow and continued to grow. And I thank God for that early Jerusalem church because that community gave birth to the most powerful movement our world has ever seen with Christianity. We're sitting here today because of them, because of that model of community that they have. And who wouldn't want to be part of a community like that? We all would say we want that. And then like Pastor Dave talked about with with Pastor Tony's message last week. I mean, think about what this church did in one Sunday together. A hundred and fifty some thousand dollars raised in a in a day together. It's pretty incredible. And we can always do more together than we could ever do apart. This is what I try to tell people because there's a movement of people saying, I don't think I need to go to church anymore. I study the Bible. I have a relationship with God and I just don't think I need to go. But I tell them, but you don't understand. We can do way more together than we could ever do apart. Way more. I mean, on your own, most of us, we can't build a gym that's gonna impact the next generation and create so much community around pickleball? We can't do that on our own. Most of us on our own, we can't build a food pantry and fund it to feed 300 people a week. 
Most of us on our own can't write a check for $10,000 to organizations that are in Africa helping kids who are orphaned and have parents with AIDS and, and giving them education and teaching about Christ. Most of us on our own aren't going to be able to fight human trafficking or put thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars into that initiative and building eight water wells in one year. We can't do that on our own. But together, not only can we do that, but we get to experience the joy of seeing what the reward of what the is doing the results of what's happening with that giving. Even in this local church right now, what's happening in our kids' ministry and Pastor Tyler up with the middle school kids and what's going on all across this place. These are moments, God moments, that are more powerful and will be cemented in our lives for a long, long, long time. They will leave legacy for generations and generations. That's the power of true community. We can do more together than we could ever do apart. So if the Jewish nation, Jewish nation was the first big community God showed us and modeled for us. Then we have the Jerusalem church, and then we see the New Testament church. So if you get past the Gospels and past the book of Acts, you get into the epistles and the writings of the apostles to the New Testament church, to us, to the early church, and for years and years and generations and generations. And when you read these letters... So much of these letters are, are about living in community together and how to do that. So much of it is talking about how to live well with each other, how to treat each other, how to be there for one another, how to participate in the local church, how the local church should be run. There's so much wisdom and guidance. I love First Peter Chapter 4, verse 8, Peter says this, and he's talking about the local church. He says, most, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts, Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. He's telling us. Community is about all of us. It's not about just the senior pastor or the staff. It's about all of us coming together, using the gifts, the talents, and the passion that God has placed in your life to impact this community. That's what the entire New Testament is talking about. Listen, we all have different gifts different talents, different passions. 
But when you come together in a local church body, you get to see it in action. You get to see the beauty of everybody's gift and we need everyone's gift working together or else we have holes. I think that's kind of what Pastor Dave was alluding to today is in our serve board, we have positions, but there's some holes. But when all of us come together and use our gifts and our passions, we complete this community together and it's not completed without you. It really isn't. The whole point of the new covenant is that God wants to use you. He wants to use you to impact a community of people. That's what he wants. I love that our winter semester of life groups is upon us. People were registering for that. And I love the way this church does life groups. And the reason why is because you take the passion and gifting of a leader and a felt need of the church and you put it together. And then you have a group of people rallying around a hobby or a mission together. There's people who just want to study the Bible together. You can do that. There's people who just want to pray together. I just want to pray. That's all I want to do. Okay, we got a group of you. Do that. I just want to do outreach. Well, let's do it. Let's not just talk about it. Let's get the people who all want that, have that passion and gift. Let's get them together and let's do it together. There's people who just want to study scripture and dissect the word and there's groups for that. There's musicians like these wonderful ones behind me and they want worship nights and more worship and we can do that. There's people who just need to learn how to cook fried eggs together. We have a group, I think, for that, a cooking group out there. I might need to join it. But the thing is, we love to consume in our society. We become consumer-driven. Like even when you're watching Netflix, oh, that was a great show, but now I need another one. There's even a category on Netflix now. It's like binge-watch in a weekend. Have you seen that? Shows to binge-watch in a weekend. It's like, okay, so we do that. And what, what do you got for me next, Netflix? That was great. I need another one. There's a word, a term called show hole. I'm in a show hole. There's no good shows out there right now. I need another one. And we just can be in this consumer-driven mindset. But the church wasn't meant to just show up and consume and get a really good word or have an experience in worship and then go on our way. It was designed for all of us to be an active part of this community, to come together, to have little groups of people all over the church that are, are doing life together, to go after something for the kingdom of God together, to literally change the world together. Pastor Tony said it last week. He said, collectively, we are changing the world, and it's a true statement. But that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen without generous givers. It doesn't happen without people using their gifts and talents. It doesn't happen if, if we don't understand the power of what true community, this local community actually is like. I personally love being a part of this church. 
I've been a part of it since I was 12 years old. 1992, Pastor Tony and Pastor Therese took a huge leap of faith with a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old, two punk boy teenagers at the time. Took a huge leap of faith. The goal to create a community in the Sterling Heights area that could change the world. I watched that community since I was 12 years old. I watched people come together when we were a portable church, show up at 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning in the cold winter months. Unpack trailer after trailer with equipment to fill every classroom and stage. And I watched them do it laughing with a smile on their face. I watched them after the service take an hour or two to pack it all back up just so we could do it again next week. I remember as a teenager, dozens of women coming to our home every Tuesday night for ladies' Bible study. Fill the place up with estrogen. I had to get out of there for a few minutes. Go shoot baskets or something. But I just remember we're doing ministry in our home. Youth groups met in homes. We had a prayer and praise thing that was every the first Friday of every month in someone's home. Then we built a building and then another one. But you know, we've been through ups and downs. We've had experienced great joy as a church. We've experienced hard loss as a church. But you know what's always remained the same? The sense of community. The sense of family. I love on our website it says, a family of fully devoted followers. If you talk to other people around who have been to this church and maybe they attend a different church, They'll ask me from time to time, well, where do you pastor? I said, Community Christian Church. Oh, the one that has really good community. It's like a family there. I've been there a couple times. It's what we're known for. It's special. Not everyone has it. And I just want to show you that God has a plan for community, that we're in it together. The title of the series couldn't be more true biblically. We're in it together. And together we can do more than we could ever do apart. So whether you need the life-changing message of the gospel, whether you want to serve and change the world through outreach, whether you just need help frying an egg, whatever way Whatever you need, there's nothing more powerful than doing it together. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I thank you for the men and women in this room, the children, the teens, the people watching online. I thank you for this community, Father. I thank you 
for people have all decided to come together to rally around a shared vision, to grow together, to be vulnerable together, to admit we're not perfect and we need help together, to experience pain and loss and find hope again together. I thank you for all of the talent and the passion that is represented in the members of this church. We're so blessed. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to use this church for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.